Hello, beautiful people. Thank you for tuning in. Uh, we are here with another episode of Podcasters Unleash. Today, my co-hosts are, I'm going to let them introduce themselves. Let's go with Victor. Yeah, hi. Hi, Matilda. I'm Victor, the host of the Diaspora Entrepreneurs Podcast, whereby we talk about all things of entrepreneurship and how to live a lifestyle of freedom. Thank you very much. Very nice. And you're uh, joining us today from? I'm joining you today from Lagos, Nigeria. Wow, lovely. Yeah. <laughs> very nice. We have beautiful Kaola. Um, Hi. I'm Hi. joining from Paris, and I'm the host of the podcast, Women the Stories, where I navigate to the experiences of expat women who lives in Paris and tune in for different experiences and stories. Very nice. And our beautiful Carla. Hi, everybody. I'm Carla from the Wonder of Wellbeing podcast. I'm joining from England today. And my podcast is all about wellbeing and education. Lovely. And we have Simon here. Hi, I'm Simon. With, with interesting lights behind. <laughs> Patsy Chronicles and also Africa Investor Stories. If you want to hear real stories from real investors uh, invested in Africa from around the world, listen to Taxi's um, Africa Investor Story. If you just want to hear real everyday personal stories from people getting the taxi, listen to Taxi Chronicles. Thank you, Matilda. Lovely. So today we're going to talk about single uh, parents, their relationships. Um, how does it feel to even date a single parent? And also, we will talk about um, the children of single parents. Uh, we all, I mean, in our group, we have all of us some experiences in this point. So before we start, I would like the listeners to understand where we are standing in life. Um, myself, I never go, I grew up with both of my parents. I'm not a mother. And... Uh, yeah, and I never dated a single parent. But we I have uh, Victor. What about your situation in life? Yeah, my situation in life right now is that I'm married. I've mm -hmm. never been I've never been a single dad. You get apart from the odd traveling here and there where the missus travels and I'm alone with the kids, so that can be tough. But I've not been a single dad, and um, that's where I am right now. Have you ever dated a single parent? No. And you grew up no. with your both parents? Yeah, I grew up with <laughs> not both parents, with <laughs> lots of parents. <laughs> yeah. Both parents and like 50 other kids. Yeah, Very I nice. With lots of parents and with lots of everybody around, so yeah. That's my situation. Beautiful. What about you, Carla? Uh, well, yeah, I've been, I was a single parent from a very young age. I had uh, my first two children who are now grown up when I was in my teens. And I was a single yeah. mother for a long time um, until they were about 10, around about 10-ish, 12-ish, that kind of age. And then I got remarried um, mm -hmm. and I was married for a while. And now I'm a single parent again. <laughs> So, yeah, I know all about single parenting. <laughs> and you know all the, with the parents and without the parents. You know I do, yeah. yeah. And also you grew up with a single parent. I yeah? did. I grew up with a single dad, which is still not common. Nice. What about you, Simon? Um, uh, yeah, I've got children. So, that, yeah, I fall in the category of um, single parent. Um, they don't live with uh -huh. me. So, um, but they, I, they have come to stay with me on the weekends, especially when um, I was younger. I started having children when I was in my teens. So, yeah. So, uh, yeah, I'm in the single parent boat. Uh, have you ever dated a single parent? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice. To me, so there, there's nothing major about it. Um, there's obviously pros and cons, depending how you look at things. Mm. Um, you can, it's like if someone's got children already, you can see, get an idea of what it's going to be like if you have children with them, because you can see what their values are. 
um, what means a lot to them and how they manage their children rather than to somebody who hasn't got children. And um, uh, my cousin, she tells me, for instance, women who are over 30 who don't have children are usually quite selfish. They're not selfish purposely, they just don't realise it. Um, but women who do have children are look at life in a different way. It's not so much about themselves and things like that. So there's pros and cons to everything in life. No wonder I'm like this. <laughs> well, you, you are an only child. So Lots only child. Oh, my God. That's a lot of selfishness there. <laughs> what about you, Kaula? Uh, well, I grew up with both parents. Uh, but I don't think that is the ideal um, or the structural perfect way for a child to grow up with. Because I do think mm -hmm. also uh, uh, solo parenting or single uh, parenting could be healthier for a child if there was like a toxic relationship between the parents. Mm -hmm. uh, and I, I realized this because I had uh, friends when I was... Uh, child i have seen i went to their houses and i have seen a relationship with their solo parents so i i've got a like an idea about what's happened and the differences between the parents that i had and their parents interesting we're gonna um i mean we're gonna talk about this uh, more detail because i've done some research and it's about a lot of parents they're sticking together because of the kids and i thought that can be toxic for the children. So you can be a very, we can use your life experiences in this show to maybe share people that maybe if they need a little bit of a courage to make the right decision for themselves. So yeah. I'm gonna ask um, Carla, since she's a woman and also afterwards from Simon, uh, do you think social isolation is a very um, important element in in uh, in single parenting they say sometimes single parents especially moms feel trapped underneath a mountain of responsibilities that never allows them to invest in friendship let alone like find another life companion working single moms i know that you've been working as well uh say that the guilt of leaving the kids in the evening to do something just for themselves is crushing and then also the cost of babysitter as well. What do you think about it? How was your experience about it? Um, well, I've had two different experiences at different ages um, and that I can definitely compare um, and say when I was younger, when I had my daughters, when I was a teenager, it was very, very difficult because I was absolutely socially isolated. Mm -hmm. And it was overwhelming because there were two children and it was just me and everything was about them and about caring for them. And also the, the pressure of being a teen mom was an additional thing. It wasn't just being a single mom, it was being a teen mom because there's a stigma attached to that. And there is a lot of assumptions that people make about your competence as a parent because you're young. Um, and so I used to give it my everything and I wouldn't go out. Even if I had opportunities to go out, I wouldn't because I always felt like I'd be judged for doing that. It's like, oh yeah, here she goes, teenage party girl when she's got kids at home. So that was a big pressure that added to it. Um, but when I had now with my son, now that I'm older and I'm looking after my son and, and I'm, I'm more educated, I'm more confident, I've been through life experiences. And also I'm at that age where I don't really care what people think, which does happen when you get to a certain age. Mm -hmm. um, I focus more on a balance now. So I'm not so bothered about being a perfect parent and I really don't care what people think about my parenting. And that kind of takes the pressure off. Some of the pressure is from society, it's from outside, but a lot of it's from inside of yourself and what you believe about yourself. Um, and I think with life experience, that gets a bit easier. And that's what I've found now. It's much easier um, to make time for everything, including friendships. Um, and I think you're more aware when you get older that without those things, you can't be the best parent that you can be either. Without your friends, without your hobbies, without the things that you love, you're not really gonna be the best parent. Um, so I make time and I make sure even if I have to be strict about that time that I give myself that time um, and that makes a difference. Very nice uh, Carla. What about you Simon? You said you were uh, you became parent in teen as well. I want to compare maybe a woman experience of being a, a teen parent and, a, and then um, 
male experience, a guy experience being a teen dad? I think there's a big difference. Obviously, we're living, for us, of, for those of us who live in England, um, the judges say they are openly children mm -hmm. with their mothers. So, which kind of gives you a free pass to a certain extent, because now you've got to negotiate when you get your kids. <laughs> uh, so, uh -huh. and also, I come from a very large family. So, um, mm. if they want to spend time with the family as well as me, um, so if I need to go out, I've got cousins, countless cousins, I've got sisters, I've got aunts, grandparents, um, and there's loads of younger cousins his age, so there's always something going on. And right, would I feel guilty? I wasn't a person who went to parties a lot or at all, really, so it didn't really um, affect me in any shape or form. Um, I would add in, um, I understand what Carla is saying about if you're a young teen mum and you've got loads of kids, or so many kids, I should say too, um, and you're in the club, especially if you're in the club in the week, it's like, really? What are you doing? Really? That, and I, I would even think that till today. It's like, really? You, no, get your cell phone, do your job, you do what you're meant to be doing um, in that respect. But I think there's a difference, obviously. And the law, the law actually makes it like that. People seem to forget because if, as a father, if you claim custody for your children, the judge usually, well, as we've seen before with fathers for justice and all these kind of things, it's 99.9% .9 likely the mother's going to get the child. If the father gets the child and the mother's probably done something quite wrong or got an issue um, of some kind, why the children have been taken away. Um, yeah, so that's my opinion on that. It's fascinating to see the difference, actually. Um, Victor, I mean, I, because you're a, a very active dad, a very loving dad, do you think, I mean, parenting is hard. Let's talk about a little bit about decision pressures. There are lots of gray areas and the game changes daily as your children grow. For married parents, as you are, uh, there is at least another adult to talk things about to share the burden of making tough decisions. Single parents bear the weight of that tough calls alone, uh, like where to go, which school to go, which friends are okay to hang out, um, till the child is mature. What do you think, um, how would you imagine you being a uh, single dad and taking all the decisions alone? Um. I wouldn't actually wish that on anyone because being being in a, in a family unit right now, <clears throat> I would say nobody actually knows what they're doing. You get so we just make the best decision as we see fit. So given 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 the vision we have for our family, how we want our family to be like in the next so and so. Or the general look, the general outlook of how we want our family to, to um, the lines we want our family to, to go. That's the type of decisions we take because there's no one size fits all. That because you think you are successful in making this decision today, you are not going to mess up another decision tomorrow. So even, even in a mom and dad relationship, in a mom and dad um, decision making structure there are still some difficulty making certain decisions because you never know what's going to come up so making a decision right and make getting it right right now does not mean that you see we failed in making so many decisions in the past it's just the successful ones that that are being that are being seen on the outside but on the inside, we know, oof, we shouldn't have done that, oof. So it is not a talk about for one person to be doing that. It is the pressure of not making mistakes. But the, the relieved pressure for someone like me is that I have someone who I can do, okay, you know what? Um, okay, we've done that. 
and that's that, that's that. But for, for, for my partner, she'd be like, oh, she would want to like, yeah. But for me, I just say, okay, calm down. We've made the mistake. Let's move on. So I can't imagine the pressure. The pressure would be very, very difficult for one person. What about you, Kaula? You grew up with your both parents. Um, how was the decision making in your house regarding your, you know, important decisions about your life, or even um, simple things, simple decisions in your life when you were a child? Actually, that's funny. <laughs> and um, uh, like the decision to complete my studies abroad, uh, it was my decision. Uh, it was. Um, it was a little bit hard uh, to convince them. And I think that um, um, my family is not the perfect family. And I think that uh, parents had struggles to be present in the children's families. And I think um, the toxic relationship with parents and children came when the parent is not emotionally available or they are not caring when it comes to the things that the children need. So I do think that uh, I had a lot of, of decisions to, to make on my own and mm -hmm. to assume the consequences. So it, it was a positive experience for me so I can be independent and know what I want. But I do also lack this uh, uh, guidance or experience from mm -hmm. the mature parenting and from the mature people in my life. Did so you actually... What? Did you wish the situation was different as a child? Um, I don't regret because it makes me who I am today. Um, but I do feel that uh, it could be better if the both parents had a great relationship with each other. Mm. If my mother was really loving herself and she's really caring for herself and she's really present with, with her kids, that could be different. But I do think that also um, we can't be in their shoes and uh, they had their own struggles. And if you go back, they also had their struggles with their parents and how they have been raised. So it's the, the, it's the accumulation of problems from generations to generations. And we are the generation now to break the habits and to know what was broken in our childhood in order to fix it and not to put it into our children. Very well said, uh, Kaula. Uh, Carla, what about you? Was it difficult for you? I mean, we got questions, comments coming in. Carla? Um, yeah, we had um, a comment here from Andisa who said, more power to you, Carla. Thank you, Andisa, for the encouragement. And Sasha says, what do you think about the near future of that question with the evolution of transhumanism to posthumanism? And he also says, do we need parents in the future? I think he's talking about AI and the, the singularity and the move towards technology and all of those things. And some people believe that parents will be replaced by machines at some point. Um, I, I really don't know on that one, Sasha. I think I'll pass that one over to the, to the panel. But I hope that we will have parents, but I hope that parents would be better in the future and not do the things that Howler just said, which is pass on those kind of toxic intergenerational traumas and things like that to kids. I think we're, we're kind of getting there, but I'll pass over on the transhuman stuff to maybe to Victor or to Simon or someone else who wants to answer on that. The last one. Yeah. And um, can someone please define a toxic relationship? It's a term we seem to hear a lot. Yes, it is. Thank you for that, Nelson. Um, anyone want to define toxic relationships? Well, I will answer the one about the humans and parenting. There's only certain kind of creatures on the earth, like insects really, who don't have parents, as in they leave the eggs and the, they bugger off and then the eggs form and or when I say eggs, cells or bacteria and it changes into toads and frogs and all the rest of it. With, with animals in general, mammals, we all need some guidance, some protection. So in answer to that question, we will always need parents in that um, respect um, there. Um, Matilda? Yeah, so um, uh, first my question was, I wanted to see as a woman, as a mother, how was the pressure on you, Carla, about making decisions for your children? 
Was it difficult to be the only person to call the shots? Um, yeah, no. If I'm honest, no. If anything, it was easier. And why I say that probably links to this idea of toxic relationships that Nelson and Andisa are talking about there in the comments. I think that if you're in a partnership where you've got shared values and both of you know what you're bringing into the relationship and you've planned to transfer those values to your children and a structure or a pattern for how you're going to do that, I think that it works wonderfully when you have that kind of family, but it very rarely that you see that. What you tend to see is a battle of wills and a conflict between two um, sets of values, sometimes opposing values, and people battling to impart those values on their children. And I think that's what causes the toxic relationship, it's the continual arguing. So for me, I found it much easier to be a single parent. And I think that goes down to the fact that I had strong values as a child from my single dad. Um, and so I didn't find making decisions for my children difficult when I was alone. But when I then later got married, I found it difficult because I experienced that thing of different values, different vision. Um, and I learned a lot about that. And it kind of gave me a bit of peace with being a single mom because I kind of feel like I, I thrive and I do better when I'm a single mom. And that doesn't mean that I wouldn't think about in the future not being a single mom, but I would think very carefully before I kind of turned my back on it and said, oh, well, it's going to be better if I'm with a person in a relationship because I haven't seen that evidence yet. I hope the audience are listening, Carla, because again, um, um, when I was doing the research, there was a lot of um, parents that they were saying we're sticking together now because we're loving each other and I'm sure they have toxic relationship, but in their head they thought they need to be in the relationship for their children. So I'm happy that you know listeners can listen to this. Also, since we're talking together, Carla, I want to talk about the guilt because for me, it was another fascinating point to understand why women, mothers, were feeling this guilt a lot, like uh, about the decision-making. Sometimes they would, they would regret because they would think they contributed to their current family status because of their decision. Um, so they had guilt about it. Maybe they got divorced and they were feeling guilty for their child about it. Um, there were guilt about financial things because as a single mother, maybe your um, finances are more limited and maybe you cannot give your child that lavishness or um, the comfort that you could uh, provide before as a couple. And the guilt the, 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 about the time that you spend with them because you need to work and you spend less time with them. Do you think these are, um, I mean, and you've been a teacher as well. Have you experienced this with personally in your life and, you know, with the kids and the parents that you worked with? Sorry, can I just jump in there a minute? There's something Carla said earlier in regards to... Um, it, it, it's easier in certain cases if you're on your own and you're doing a single parent. I would I would advocate, um, from my personal experience, it's ideal if you always have a partner. Um, when I had my young, my first son, especially when he was really young, I always made sure I had a woman with me because I didn't feel confident in what I was doing, um, especially yeah, in that respect. But on the other, um, sorry, on the other side of things. It's well, obviously when you pick a partner, um, well, if you don't have guidance, whether your culture or what have you, and you're finding a partner, and this is kind of where I kind of is leaning to more of like let's say, certain Islamic cultures or traditional cultures where your parents are kind of or family members are influenced in who you're going to date. Because it's, I think it's very important that you get somebody who you understand and on the same par with. If you don't, then you're going to have the issues that come with the single parent. And then in relation to what you were saying earlier, also, Matilda, about parents who stay together because of the kids, it's especially in the Western society, you'd see parents who may be even dating other people and try and keep it hush-hush, but they're still living in the same house as their partner. And I see that as ridiculous. That's, mm. that's not healthy for a child. <laughs> That's not, that's, uh, and it's not about more power to you as a woman or a man uh, in, in that respect. It's just like, if you're doing something, do it properly. If you don't, make the best of it going different ways and have an understanding. Um, 
but just staying together for the kids and that, that doesn't really make sense because you're not giving the kids a true picture of how things should be um, in that respect. Go ahead, Carla. Oh, yeah, Carla. Yeah, the guilt. Guilt. This reminds me of that book by um, Brene Brown. Brene Brown is the expert on guilt and shame. And um, it's not about parenting, but it's it's very much about guilt. And I think guilt isn't exclusive to parents. I think that you have guilt that's for women, <laughs> guilt for men, um, and then you have guilt for parents. But it is a big thing and it does affect people and it affects you mainly in self-esteem. But it goes back to th that thing I was saying at the uh, in one of the earlier comments was it's all about acceptance. You have to accept when you're a single parent to get over the guilt and you have to be aware of the fact, like we've mentioned in a number of, I know Howler's touched on it, Simon did as well, and even Victor, there is no perfect life, there is no perfect family, and there's no perfect setup. But if you're comparing yourself as a single parent to what looks like a perfect family in the park, or a perfect family in a restaurant, or something like that, you're always going to feel guilty, you're always going to feel that you're not doing a good job. And a lot of it's illusion, it's just stories we tell ourselves. Um, and I, I did experience this many, many years ago when I was a young parent, but recently, no, I haven't because I think I'm just more mature now. And I've been through so much that whatever people are going to really say that's, gonna, that's supposed to make me feel guilty doesn't really work because then I look at them and I think, well, why don't you focus that on your own life? You know, if you're so great and you, you know everything, then do you take that and apply it to your own life because I know my life and I know my situation. And I think if single parents have that perspective, it's much easier to deal with guilt. But pros and cons to every situation. And sometimes you are going to feel guilty, even as even in a relationship, even in a family. Um, I don't think it's exclusive to single parents. It's interesting because, you know, in this research we're showing, lots of single moms have the guilt, not necessarily single dads. And I'm going to look it up to see if women in general, we have more guilt towards, I don't know, whatever we're doing in life. Maybe this is how our brain process things than men, because uh, it's strange. The men don't have that much of guilt and women are, and that's why they have a lot of health problems later on in life um, because of, you know, these emotional burdens that they're carrying with them. So you got to look at it, Matilda. Uh -huh. Women, you get nine months ahead of men because the child grows inside you. Yeah, you build a bond, you have your parties, rub my stomach and all this other stuff. And and then one day something happens and the man's like, oh, oh, suppose this is the end product. If you're <laughs> young, you haven't even been spending time around the girl because she's kind of out of action do you see what i mean yeah. you're, you're you're still energetic blah 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 oh yeah go on book off your friends so it's a whole different mindset um thing obviously i'm talking as a teenager uh, or early 20s because they say the decision making part of the mind doesn't fully develop develop until the age of 25. so most decisions under that age on average are kind of just 110 percent emotional in that respect so i wouldn't compare women or men and women have more empathy understanding and all the rest of it where men are just like let's see it do it done it's a whole different uh concept but we do have some more questions here yeah uh andisa yeah we've got a few comments from andisa she says you bang on the money carla as a liberal parent it was a struggle being married to someone who was so traditional in his views we butted heads a lot of how to go about raising the boys and as a single parent none of his involvement in home life with none of his involvement in home life it's so much better both my boys are straight a students see the value of playing chess and sudoku and teaching them coding starting at the age of three and it's been been a brilliant way for their learning and growth she also likes Brene brown who i mentioned who's the expert on guilt and shame um, and she highly recommends her channel and she says it's so important as a single parent to release ourselves from societal pressures we've been conditioned to believe and trust our instincts and intuition as it relates to raising our children. I love that. I love the mention of intuition because motherhood is very intuitive. But when a male dominated society, and I don't mean that in a negative way, gets its it's um starts to stick its nose in the business of motherhood, it turns into a logical thing, it turns into a system. 
and it turns into a very masculine approach. And I think that affects mothers. So thanks for mentioning intuition, Andisa. We've also got Salo. <laughs> Go ahead, Victor. Oh, no, when you mentioned when you mentioned male-dominated society, Hala was just doing this, her hands like this. Yeah. Yeah, because I want, I want to add. I want to add something. <laughs> Okay, uh, okay, so the male's all about the head, the female's about the heart, and that's not a battle, it's a compliment. And if you work together, everything works. If not, disaster. Okay, but so heart wind, heart wind all the time. No, because also women, women by by nature they are they are emotional and they do need if they are single parents, they do need a support from the families and from friends. They can't do it all like the societies tell them to do it. Yeah. They do need support. And women, they do need support for, for their for their children. And just to add to that, if you think about it, there's not a man who turns around and says, I can bring up the kids on my own. Nah. If he gets the kids, he looks right. Ooh, ooh, ooh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, right, come here, love. You're right, I've got some money. Yeah, yeah, don't worry, we'll sort something out. Straight away, they recognize they need help. But for some reason, women got it in their mind that they can do everything on their own and it's pointless. It's, it's not realistic. And they have a mental breakdown after it. They have a yeah. mental breakdown. They can't do it all by themselves. Yeah. You have to recognize your strengths and weaknesses. Um, yeah, and I think you do need a support network, which I'm sure Matilda will talk about later on. Okay, this comment from Salo, and then I'll pass back to you, Matilda. Hello, everyone. I'm loving this. The topic is so sensitive for me since it's my current situation. And Simon, I do second on the ridiculous point on being together because of the kids. As a matter of fact, it is the root of a toxic relationship, which is not healthy for the kids. Very true, very true. Back to you, Matilda. Um, Victor, I want to ask you, um, since again, you're a very loving and caring dad, what is the hardest thing about being a dad? And you're not single, so as a, with your partner, but I want to see what is the hardest thing for you and what is the hardest thing for Simon, for example? Victor, yeah, yeah, seeing things, seeing things the way it should go on a very logical way, and um, getting my decision being challenged over time, like, oh, you know what, um, doesn't always work like that, you know, that is a very difficult, one of the most difficult, um, one of the, one of the most difficult aspects of being a dad, you get so. That was, and um, you know, teenagers. God knows what's in their head right now. You can't even tell them what, what, what to do, because there's this African saying that says that what, what an old, what, what the older man can see sitting down, a child who stands on the top of a tree can never see that. So that's the that traditional way of looking at things. So when, when, when I start telling my teenage girls, come, this is how. It's supposed to be. This is how it's gonna be at the end. But no, okay. Oh, daddy, yeah. So these those those are very very hard. Those are very hard part of being a dad. But Victor, I think it's a fascinating moment for a man as well, since you're um, um, dad of uh, girls, to learn about womanhood, to understand them, to. Um, to be very humble because they're teaching you every day about a lot of things and maybe you need to you have to have a lot of patience to deal with them to understand their world yeah Carla uh, sorry uh, Matilda I've got I've got two moms I've got my mom and she's got her mom mm -hmm. so I've got Petrach, uh, metrics everywhere I turn to, so I've seen, I've seen, I've studied the, the traditional way going back in my family hundred years, and I'm seeing my kids. So, the balance is not that far off because history has a funny way of like repeating itself. Mm -hmm. So, I think yes, yeah, fair enough. I still continue to, I will still continue to learn about the modern way of doing things but there are some certain things that never changes even for a thousand years they'll still remain the same that i still have to worry about the decisions of my girls whether i like it or whether they like it i still have to worry about it even though i go about it like 
this is what we are doing now. Hmm. Great. What about you, Simon? Well, just you before we think of that. that. Yep, we've got Andisa sending light and healing to Salo, who said that he's going through a situation at the moment regarding single parenting. Okay. Um, with with me, I, I just the way the way I look at um, I don't. I look at it like this. It's better to have somebody who's opposite of you, as in the female, around with when you've all got the kids. Because you need a balance. You need that yin and yang. Somebody who's going to look at things from an empathy point of view, someone's going to look at things as a strict. I'm very dictatorial, um, discipline, logic. I haven't got time for the, the other stuff. Yeah. <laughs> so if I have somebody there who can say, wait a minute, Blah, blah, blah. And, and normally, especially when it comes to kids, and if they're young, I just let the woman do her thing. Because once it gets to a point, she will turn to me and say, Simon, can you talk? And that's the typical situation in families, in traditional families. The mum will be trying to handle the kids, and there's, what was that same saying? Wait till your father gets home. You want me to tell your father? And I go, oh, let's talk about this. I'm sorry. <laughs> That kind of thing, and that, and there's something in that. There's something in that. So I don't, I, I, I don't really want to be involved in that sense of like the way a mother would be. Because it's not really. It, also, you've got to know yourself. Yeah. It's also, me speaking as me is not me speaking for the three billion men on the planet. Yeah. I, I just think, yeah. I see my uncles. They take a backseat. And if there's a major issue, they're stepping. Yeah, and I think that works on a nice balance. See, huh? see. Um, yeah, Victor. Things that I know. This is. Can you hear me? Yeah, go on. Yeah. yeah, there are some things that I know that this is not my realm. I just take the back seat. I'm like, okay, go, 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 go. So there are some stuff that I know. Nah, this is not my expertise. Let me allow her to like drive this, make the decision. Are you okay with that? Don't ask me, just do. I believe you are trusted to do this. But there are some stuff I know that, oh, oh, I need to wear the big boy pants here and just like make it happen. So there's the shared, shared responsibility and decision making. Yeah, I, believe, I believe you can see when that is because there's certain points where, like I said, empathy, and there's certain points where you can look at your partner and you can say, she's going to make this decision with her heart and it's going to cost us dearly so let me step in and make a logical decision yeah mm -hmm. because she can't do it she can't but yet, how can you discipline your child or put boundaries with your child when you're not living with them simon is it difficult no but you can because my attitude is this if if my if my partner or my ex-partner hasn't got um a partner now then i have to be on call regarding my kids so if there's a problem in the middle of the night i gotta get up and go and address it whether it means i go over there whether it means i have a word with my daughter or my son do you understand and mm -hmm. it's, it's that kind of accountability and also you took, when i when i call my child and you have a conversation you also talk to the mum and say, how have they been at school? What's the situation? Is there any concern? You keep a healthy dialect going. Do you understand? You don't have to bring that into your new relationship and tell the yeah. person, this is how I run it. Because, you know, women get jealous, all these other things. But, you, um, but you, you know, you just do what you're meant to do and looking after. Because if my son's mum's unhappy, he's unhappy. If he's unhappy, then I'm going to be unhappy. So yeah. it's like, even though we're not married, it's we're on death to us part. Do you understand? Until one of the three of us die, we're, I'm always going to have to be concerned. Even though he's 25 now, if there's an issue, I'm always going to have to talk to his mum because his mum's going to want to know what's happened to him. Do you see what I mean? Because he's her son. It's just one of those things. Simon, I'm going to ask you this question. Has it ever happened that you missed something important from your children? Like, I don't know, a school play, 
that, for example, it was very important for your child since you're not living together? Do you think that yeah, could... You can, sorry, you can miss things. But this is where communication comes in. You can miss things for a couple of reasons. Like in my case, I went to work abroad and lived abroad, so you're going to miss a lot. Yeah? Um, um, in that respect. But there's also, if you don't communicate with people, and I'm, when I say communicate, I mean before you even have kids. Right. You know, you meet somebody, and if you're serious about them, you say, right, how do you feel about beating children? How do you feel about children? Do you think girls and boys should be brought up different? Do you think that children should be have after-school sports? All these different questions. Yes, see where they come. Do you think they should go to the mosque? They should go to the temple? They should go to church? Or we should just leave it over? Should we teach them about being a Jedi Knight instead, an alternative religion? All these different things. If you don't get those things out the way, then later on, it's going to crop up, and then you're going to say, what? Really? God. And it's got problems. Do you see what I mean? And that's the truth of it. People don't talk. They talk about the Kardashian. They talk about football. All this stuff is totally irrelevant, but not the main things. And then you've got problems. But if you talk about it and you have a discussion, now keep in mind, as a man, and I'll say this for the men out there, it's a woman prerogative to change her mind. So she'll say she doesn't believe in something, and she's behaving differently later on. You're just gonna have to deal with that because you know you're not gonna be crazy when you're ready. But, <laughs> yeah, generally, generally you just deal with the you just deal with the case and the thing of responsibility. Yeah, and and I always look at it like this: if I get a phone call, like my, for instance, my son's mum, her when 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 she calls, the name that comes up is my son. It doesn't come up her name. Because it reminds me, any conversation I'm going to have is about my son's benefit. It's not about me and my emotions or my feelings or her feelings, about my son's benefit. You just got to have yourself a self-discipline and logic and deal with the situation the best way you can. I think um, in my research, I found it difficult for single parents to have that co-parenting with the, the, the other parents in a, in a tech because their emotions and their negative feelings towards each other was always um, coming inside the conversation. And it was difficult to not do that. So what you're doing, um, Simon, it's very good. Maybe it can be a good tip for other parents, single parents, to learn that maybe that can help them if they just change the name. So it kind of reminds them um, it's, for your it's for your child. Mm. Well... It is something I would say some people is gone beyond the point of help given reason because if you never ask sort out certain basic things yeah. and you realize you're chalk and cheese, you're gonna have problems. So there's a comment, Carla. Um before we get to this comment, I wanna get to um Kaula and then we'll read the comment and then some other questions about dating I'm gonna come. Kaula, what about you? What do you think your parents had the most difficult time. As you mentioned, it was a toxic relationship. So we want to see as a, a talk, um, parents that they are in a toxic relationship, what is their hardest part? And obviously single parents, what's their difficulties? I think the difficulties it was because um, there was no mutual vision. Mm. There was no... Um, organizing about the children futures also it was a lack of um, caring about what children need the most and also i think they had problems to coordinate their needs and everyone wants to put their needs first and their needs were not met so i think that's what caused this toxic relationship Great. Okay, let's go read Sasha's comment, and we we'll go uh, two uh, two questions about dating. I want to ask you guys. Okay, so Sasha's got a question. He says, "Do you think the evolution of the society is going to remodel completely the concept of education? A lot of psychological problems in the new generation due to the feminism and the gender theory." Hmm. Mm. <laughs> but i do think like uh, single parenting marks a dramatic change from a half century ago 
I mean, uh, with the feminism and with the gender theory and what what's happening, I mean, in, in the six, 1968, it was 7% for single parents, and it's increased uh, 25% to 30% in the year 2000. So I do, I do think that the concept of new education and the whole of the concept of the feminism thing really changed uh, the way uh, people think right now. And because it, before it was more about sticking together, be a community, uh, solving problems no matter what. And now it's like, okay, even if, you have a, if I have a child, I can go raise them by my own because I'm, I'm employed and I will not care about what's happened next. So, yeah, I do think that also society changed things. Interesting. So I want to ask you, um, you two actually, Carla and uh, Simon, about dating. I'm assuming since you guys maybe for Carla because you've been married and it was some and it didn't work out. Do you think there is a trust issue here, like to bring someone into the family again? Uh, can it be scary to think about going back into the dating scene? as a single parent? Yes, it can be. Um, I wouldn't say it's scary. Um, I think it's more scary when you're single. And I can't mm -hmm. imagine actually being this age that I am now and single without children. I think that would be probably a bigger issue because I have friends that are like that and they are panicking because they want to be mothers and they're not mothers. And um, some of them are just going to look for anyone that they're just going to find the first guy and and that's quite unfortunate actually so I'm glad I'm not in that situation um and actually I don't find dating that interesting um or give it that much thought um because I think it's all about values like I said it's all about values and for me I just wouldn't enter into I wouldn't try and create a family again I think that that's something that I I learned when I was a young single mother, I had this idea that unless I fixed it, I had this concept that something is missing and I need to fix it and I need to make this family. Um, and I think that that was a bad attitude to have at that time because it didn't actually work. Um, and it didn't work because there was too much focus on fixing something that wasn't broken. And now that I know it's not broken, I'm not in a hurry to go out there and find somebody to bring back into my house to form some kind of family. I'm not saying I wouldn't do it, but I'm not in a rush to do it. But also in terms of dating, I think at this stage in life, I'm looking for somebody for myself. If I'm going to go into a relationship, I'm going into it for me, not for my child or for the family or the whole unit. I'm going into it for a companion that's going to work with me and work towards a common goal for me. Because I think if I'm happy and I'm stable and I feel loved and sorry, Simon, it's all about love. <laughs> if I feel loved and I feel nurtured and, and that person does as well, then that's going to make me a better parent to my son. So I'm thinking about it that way instead of the family way, because I tried that way. and I didn't really like the outcome. So, What about you, Simon? Do you look for love? And how difficult it is to for you to date someone because you have to trust them and bring them yeah, to the family. Yeah, you know what? Let's see what the, that's the real woman. <laughs> yeah. You just get on with your life, you're gonna bump into someone, you work out, you get on things. Unless you're going on Tinder or something, yeah, you just do your everyday thing. You're gonna bump into people, some people you, you can have things in common with, you do whatever you're doing, it works out or it don't. It's very simple. Your kind of look for love is that's you reading that women reading those books and those magazines and all that. I, I, I'm not interested in that. It's very basic. If you get on, if you bump into someone, you get on, you get on. And there's no looking. I'm doing what I'm doing, trying to progress in life. And that's, you know, that's how I get on and stuff. We've got some comments here, by the way. Okay. Yeah, uh, we had a comment uh, from Anders who said, does Sasha mean there is a problem with equality? Um, just look back at Sasha's comment. Do you think the evolution of society, so about feminism and gender theory, I think there's always going to be a problem with equality, Anders, because there is no equality between men and women. They are complementary. Okay. <laughs> and then we've got Andisa who says that the education model globally is outdated because it's predictable 
definitely. And kids can ask Siri. They don't necessarily need to memorize anything. And information is the new currency. And we've also got from Salo, Matilda, on your question, I would say it's scary because most cases it's the same road that brought you to that situation. I think he's talking there about dating. Um, if you went dating and then you got in a problem, sometimes you can be afraid afterwards. And Disa says, yes, Carlo, I think that was to my comment about looking for someone for me, not for the family. Um, and Sasha says, excellent answer, Carla. I think he's talking about the equality statement there. Hey, guys, good evening. I just came in. Happy late Valentine's Day. Hi, Ruth. Back to you, Matilda. Very good. So <clears throat> I want to talk about, I want to ask you about the stigma that comes with a single parent. I mean, I'm sure, I mean, um, Carla and Simon, Simon, not that much, but talked about as a teenager, it was, you know, kind of a big issue to be a single parent. But even right now, you look at society, Carla, you've been a teacher for a long time. Do you think still that exists? Because even like very successful, we look at very successful people, the novelist, J.K. Rowling, the Harry Potter woman, was saying there was a big stigma for her because when she was working in church, there, there were other women that were keep telling her the unmarried mother. So why is society um, treating single parents or single moms in a way like that? I don't know if society is as a collective. I think there are portions, sections of society. Um, I think that people who belong in very traditional um, or have very traditional ways of thinking, um, they tend to still stigmatize single mothers. And it's like, oh, poor woman, it's that sort of thing. And and, and if she's not poor, then she's somehow fallen. You know, she's made some serious mistakes. And, and I think it's also tied to sexuality and, and the ideas, traditional ideas around female sexuality and that female body is for reproduction and for male use. And if she's not attached to a male and in this unit, she's somehow uh, defective. Um, I think that has a lot to do with it, but I don't think it's the whole of society. And I think that you have to choose which portions of society you listen to. Um, and which you just dismiss because um, there is a lot of misinformation out there and some of it comes through the education system which we had mentioned before but a lot of it comes from our own communities and, it, and it's in every community none of us are immune from um, those kind of negative mindsets and you have to just dismiss them and find something positive to focus on. You know, um, uh, I don't know, Kaula, um, have you checked about some different cultures about how they're looking at um, single parenting? Because till you think about it, I'm going to say from the cultures, for example, I'm coming from, it's a little bit taboo to, to see like a single mom dating uh, or even single dad. That's why, unfortunately, parents stay together even if it's a toxic relationship um, for a long time till like the children are older to do the divorce how do you think that affects Kaula? yeah well i do think in in arab countries uh it's not a good thing to be a divorced mother with children because they do always blame uh the woman about it and I do think it's 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 always present also in in the Arab societies and and I do think that um, there are mothers in the Arab world that make a good uh, good decision for their children to be alone and they're really really strong for that but they do have also uh, the sense of community in their families even if she has um, um, a pressure of the society they do have also the support system from their friends and. And their and their families because they know what's happened to her so if i compare the arab society and the european society i mean in the european society also women a uh, single mom could have also uh, benefits from the government and could help her to 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 raise her children if she has gone through abusive relationship or of, of if um, her partner is hitting her or something like that the government will take in charge and will try to, to support her. So in some European countries, they do really care about uh, about uh, women's issue. But I do think like in America or in some countries, they don't really uh, have this support system from the government. And I mean, when you live there, 
Mm. What about you, Victor? What do you think? I mean, how is it in your con in your culture? How does yeah, um, you know, in the in the in the days past, traditionally, we have I don't think days divorce rate or but there is single single parents in in uh, in African culture. But most of them was not due to decisions of say, okay, I am leaving this woman to meet to go to uh, to to go and live my life elsewhere, or I'm leaving this man to go live my life elsewhere because we, we are not compatible. So, but the stigma, there was really no stigma like that because most of most of the um, most of the women, the single parents, they are easily ad adopted or um, welcome into another man's house, which is polygamous now because he now has like two three yeah. you understand what i'm trying to say now we talked about so, it yeah yeah so there's really really no signal uh, no 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 signal no stigma like that but if it's a young girl that has kids out of wedlock it is a serious problem in an african setting in the nigerian setting anyways let me not speak for the whole africa but for nigerians it is a problem because one church two the immediate uh, immediate family how did you get knocked out what kind of loose person are you so all those kind of like names so you find you find yourself hiding away just like because when you come out they say oh that's the child of so so and so that's yeah. the that's the that's the woman who gave birth to that child that was just walking about now there's no man to cover, you get so that is the type of stigma that we see these days. Interesting, you know, um, dating a single parent can be very challenging as well for a person that doesn't have a child. I have some friends that they're dating um, single dads, and it's kind of, I mean, it would never work out with me because I'm an only child and I love attention. And the fact that I know um, his priorities is for his children. So I'm not going to be the one, first one. I'm always the second. It can be a little bit difficult. Do you think, Simon, have you ever experienced this kind of a thing, that you date um, a person that doesn't have a child and they have, you know, problem about it? I think, I just look like this. If, if you're dating somebody, the first thing is, if they, there's little signs, really. If you're showing, if you're interested in somebody, if they never ask you about your kids, then it it kind of tells me that you don't you shouldn't even really bother with them because you you generally ask about people about um, if I'm concerned about you, Matilda, I know you're an only child, so your parents are mean something to you and your grandma. So I'm going to ask you, oh, how are you today? How's your grandma? How's your parents? So if you never ask me about my children, then it says you're not really about anything. So straight away you're dismissed. But on the thing of it's to me, it's just like you you see very quickly if you bring your children around somebody, how they are. Do they try and entertain them? Do they show an interest? Or do they kind of like, oh, I just want to do my makeup and watch the Dashians or whatever they're doing, or on the phone? You see what I mean? And as a responsible parent, you just look like, okay, you're going to be here for whatever and gone. Do you see what I mean? Simon, I think you're really like Kardashians. You Kardashians in the last year. Uh, I, mean, I didn't know they existed until then. But yeah, but just that, that's kind of it. I don't think it's really difficult. I think I've only ever met somebody who was, when I looked at her, I had to look at her sideways in response to how she dealt with my son, but she had children of her own. Um, so that was quite surprising, but every, anybody else I've bumped into. Thing. And also, there's the, other, there's the other note as well. Do you, and this is where it's, it's different between females and males, do you, it's easier for a man not to bring his children around 
somebody's seeing if you only have your children on the weekends or yeah. when it's convenient. But for women, <laughs> you've got your kids all the time. Yeah. So she has to do a more of a conscious decision in that respect of things. Lovely, Kevin. These are good tips for single women out there that they want to date uh, single dads. But my last question, and we have to wrap it up, and I think Carla can be a very good person to answer it since um, she experienced dating while um, she had uh, two of her kids. Um, and also um, because you've been a teacher for a long time. When do you think is the right time to share your kids that you're dating? And what is the effect on the children? Because, you know, there's a possibility of that child to be jealous if the parent is starting to date someone. Oh, this is an interesting one. I don't think you can say wh when, you know, you can't put a time frame on it. I think it depends on the situation. Um, it depends on who the person is, whether you know them, you knew them before. This is why I said earlier, me personally, I wouldn't go in the dating market, you know, like Tinder and start swiping and, and all that kind of stuff because they're strangers. Um, and strangers is a very risky area to go into as a single mom. For me, I when I was uh, looking, um, when my daughters were young, it was really important for me that it was somebody who was um, well known in the community, um, someone that had a good reputation, someone that had, that it was easy to check who they were and what they were about. Um, and someone that was known in my community that I could kind of check on their character and stuff like that, that was more important than time frame um, because I was looking for a serious relationship to get married. I wasn't looking for um, just to go about and date and see different guys because I know that that's pointless for me as a single mom. Um, and again, I'm back in that situation again. There would be no use in me doing that because um, I've got to, I've got to, search through different candidates and it's a waste of my time I couldn't be bothered with it so I wouldn't say there's a when it's it's more of a how it's it's the strategy I think when you're a single parent you've got to be very strategic about how you look for a partner who where you look um, and how you bring them in um, more than the timing of it and I think you have to use your intuition and be wise but you also have to be in a good place emotionally um, psychologically um, so that you don't um, attract the wrong people, because that's also an issue. If you're not in a good place yourself, you can attract people who want to mess you around, or even worse, people who can be a danger to your children. Um, but yeah, that's something, maybe a topic for another discussion. Very nice. Well, I just want to make sure that the listeners are listening this point, that we're not psychologists, we're not professionals giving advices, we're just five podcasters sharing our life experiences and you know sharing some maybe research and we want to just let you know that you're not alone what you're feeling is not alone and hopefully you can learn something from our discussion as well uh, we need to wrap it up and maybe finish with um our we can introduce our podcast again there were some comments coming in so maybe carla we can go through them very fast and then yeah we did have um, a comment back from uh, Andisa who was saying that stigma isn't such a big thing nowadays, especially with uh, in relation to divorce. Um, Anders had referred back to church when we were talking about the stigma and he was referring to a comment um, about the JK Rowling um, when she was looked down on by someone in the church for being an unmarried mother. Um, and Anders was talking about um, Egypt having one of the biggest divorce rates in the world. Um, when Howler was comparing the Arab world and um, the European world. And we've also got another comment from Anders who said that many women in patriarchal societies are economically hostage. Um, and that's probably one reason why they stick around in relationships. Sasha says polygamy, curiously, is not accepted everywhere. In Europe, you can do what you want, but practice of polygamy is apparently a problem. Yeah, we talked about that in our episode about polygamy, didn't we, about the double standard there. And Anders, you can, as long as it's based on conditions that are equal, not marriage, though. Back to you, Matilda. Very good. So let's, uh, this is uh, Matilda, host of Coffee with Matilda, A Journey to South. And then Victor. Um, this is Victor, the Square Entrepreneurs podcast. You can find me anywhere. And Ka uh, Kaula? 
Yes, Haula and my podcast is Women with Stories. You can find it on Spotify, iTunes, and all podcast platforms. Carla? Uh, Carla's podcast is a wonder and well-being podcast, and it's all about education and well-being. It's for parents and educators, and you can find me on all good podcast platforms. And Simon. All right. Before I just say that, I just like I think you should read out um, this comment here. It's a thank you, Matilda, for that line. Indeed, it's helpful between us that a path comes along. So thank you, uh, Sally. I think I'm pronouncing it right. Yeah, thank you for your Read. Um, yeah, it's Patsy Chronicles. If you want to hear real life stories from real people, everyday people, listening to Taxi Chronicles, we every every day at 8 p.m. GMT or African investor stories, real investors from around the world um, sharing their experiences of investing in Africa. And thank you for all the people who commented and we will wait, we will uh, uh, wait for you next week as well, Monday, 7 p.m. London time with another topic. Bye guys. Bye.